Synthaholics. Welcome to Synthaholics. Today we have myself, Aaron O'Brien, and Dave Duncan. Hey, Dave. Hey, how's it going? Hey, pretty good. Uh, Dave, we are now in chapter 21 and 22 of Dune, and we're about to go into uh, the book two uh, of this book. So There's multiple is... books. Is this like the Bible? There's multiple books in yes. the book? Yes. Next book is Muad'Dib. So was the first book Job? <laughs> I don't know. Hmm. Just called no. It's called Dune, actually. I just called Dune. Next yeah, book's Muad'Dib. Dune. Uh, Dave, these two chapters, we got a lot. A lot happens. A lot, yeah. Like people, people start passing. Yeah, people. Lots are dying. of gas. Lots of gas. Lots of gas. So we uh, we start off chapter twenty one here with uh, uh, the Baron Harkonnen, and he's uh, basically there. He's already on planet Arrakis. They are just taking over the Duke's men. Um, they're, the Duke's men are doing like a, a last-ditch stand. And he's hey, literally... Macarena. Yeah, he is literally... like They're forcing uh, the Duke's men into, a, um, into uh, caves. And they think they're going to regroup and fight. But, but unfortunately, what they're going to do is uh, seal them off in the caves. So they just basically die of either uh, oxygen deprivation, or they, or they just starve themselves to death inside these caves. The kind so that's of what, gentler death. I don't know which one's better, but they could just so, gas them. Uh, so the, so it's all pretty awful. And uh, Doctor Yui's brought in for the Baron, and the Baron yes he, asked, uh, he uh, Yui asked the Baron to live up to his bargain. He's like, uh, I want. You said uh, you'd you would uh, keep or was it uh, rescue my or take his Wanda away from uh, the pain that she was uh, living through. He kind of thought that he wanted to be with her, but he also just wanted like her not to be in any kind of uh, torture chamber or anything like that that the uh, Harkonnens would have had. And unfortunately, the first the Baron asked, like, did we have a deal? I don't remember what that deal was. So, um, a dick. He's just like, I like, I don't like traitors, even when they're traitors working for me. Yeah. So he, uh, uh, he, he has, um, his, uh, his mentat, uh, come in and, uh, uh, comes in just basically want to be with your, your, your dear Wanda, release her from her agony. Here you go. And he just stabs him in the back. Oh, I didn't see that one coming. Yeah. So, Come on, traitor! You got to be smarter than that. And uh, Yui, uh, just when he's ready to die, he says, "You think you defeated me? You think I did not know what I bought for my Wanda?" And then he just fell over like a tree. 
I knocked up Shedded Mapes. Shedded. Oh wait, she's dead. Shit, she's dead. My plan is my plan is ruined. No. Um. So uh, so yeah, Paita kills uh kills Yui, stabs him in the back, and then he's like, "Well, where's the Duke? Let's let's bring the Duke in." And so uh, Duke Leto is brought in, and he's all drugged up. He's still drugged up from the uh, drug that Yui gave him. From the downers Yui gave him. Yeah, so uh, uh, Baron uh, wants to know what's happened to Jessica and Paul, and uh, Paita basically says uh, the men were sent to have him killed, and um, but Paita thinks that there might have something might have happened. Might there might have been an ac- an accident, and the Baron uh, basically says there can't be any uh, any mistakes. Like, how could you bungle this? So Stop fucking up, dudes. You need, we needed the ring. That was the whole point of getting the Duke. Yeah, and then, but uh, Duke Leto is kind of like waking up a little bit through his drug, uh, drug induced like... state, and he hears that Paul and Jessica got away. So he's like, "Oh my god, thank God, they got away," because he knows that he's captured, and he pretty much knows that he's going to die. And the Duke's been planning his death for a long time, anyways. He's like, "Well, I want the um, really black flowers at my funeral." <laughs> um, the ones that smell like a rotting corpse. Yes, exactly. Oh, one of those corpse corpse flowers. Yes, I, I need corpse flowers at my wedding. Those are pretty big, actually. Those things are gigantic. Yeah, they only bloom like every what? Like I don't know if it's twenty years or ten years or something like that. They're but they have to bloom on my death. Like Ugh. if if how you, do you plan that? I mean, like you know, when you're gonna get assassinated, you you, you got to have your don, your dentist be your botanist. If oh. uh, that's how you plan it. Because the botanist knows when he's going to betray you, so he's got to plan that with the death bloom. And your botanist then would become your cafeteria lady. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. All right. And uh, your dentist. This Doctor Yui's overworked, <laughs> overexerted all the time. <laughs> His wife's so, gone. He can't even blow off any steam unless it's with shattered mapes. Poor dude. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so Leto hears all this stuff, uh, the exchange that Paul and Jessica seems like they might have gotten away. And so the Baron's pretty upset. And uh, he, um, but then he starts remembering, what was it? Oh, the tooth. I forgot about that. I forgot I had a dental procedure. Yeah, exactly. Why I didn't schedule that one. Why is my, why is my mouth hurt so bad? Uh, so, why is yeah. my mouth so numb? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Why did my mouth hurt so much? It's... Anyways, um, so uh, the Baron, uh, it, you know, obviously is upset about Jessica and Paul getting away, and uh, he's he wants to know where they might be, and obviously um, he's, uh, like I said, he's upset that they might have gotten away. There's, they're not clear yet, but it seems like that they they were not uh, dead like they're supposed to be. Well, Baron, uh, how would I know? I've been drugged for the last 16 hours, okay? I don't remember I anything don't know. Why would I know? You do realize I just woke up from a 16-hour nap. Yes. Uh, and then the Baron, uh, not the Baron, the Duke, uh, starts thinking about his life with uh, his, his family, Paul and Jessica, and he thought it's, uh, it was a short life, but it was a pretty good life, so... Um, he was kind of happy that, um, and then when he thinks the Baron is over him, and he remembers the tooth, he bites down to release the poisonous gas. But 
unfortunately, that was not the Baron. It was Pitter. Piter. Yeah. Piter was in the way, and uh, in fact, it didn't just kill Piter, it killed everybody in the room. Except for the Baron. The Baron the, gets away on his flying scooter. The Baron scooter. was like, right next to some other, like, uh, like, like, there's another door that was in there, and he just like kind of slid through that door when he saw something you know, happening to Piter, and he's like, oh my god. So... He got uh, away with the skin of his teeth. Right. <laughs> teeth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, so uh, the Baron uh, realized that he was—he's alive. Uh, he, the poison didn't get to him, and uh, his uh, one of his like uh, guard captains was killed. And so he uh, gets this new guy. He comes uh, Nefud. Uh, Nefud becomes this new uh, guard captain. And, uh, he knows he's got an addiction, so he can like keep him under his thumb. Yeah, yeah. He's like, that's funny. I was like, oh, I know what his addiction or what his uh, yeah, what he wants, so I can keep. He's him addicted to cock. Let me crack. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, then, uh, the, uh, then uh, one of the Sardaukar warriors comes in and uh, wants to know what's happening, and uh, the uh, the Baron basically says. Uh, you know, like he tries to like to like bullshit the Sardaukar warrior, saying, "Oh, you know, like uh, the uh, the Duke is dead and stuff like that, and uh, I killed him." But then the Sardaukar warrior is like, "Why are all these other people dead?" And then basically, the Sardaukar warrior basically pushes uh, the Baron around a little bit, so making the Baron feel like maybe he's not totally in power there. It's the uh, it's the Emperor. And so, uh, because uh, Piter's death, he decided that he obviously can't give Piter uh, the uh, the Duke's power. So he's going to give it to his new uh, his uh, uh, the power to his nephew Raban. So Raban will be in charge. After that. was that Sting or the other one? Uh, that's the other one. Mm, the other one, Raban the Beast. I think that's what they call him. So. Oh yes. <laughs> so, and that uh, ends up that chapter. And uh, so we got basically uh, the Baron. Oh, and then also the Baron orders food and a young sex slave, the one that looks just like Paul Atreides. Mmm, yum. I'm going to so, sleep so if it with wasn't, my grandchild. So great it wasn't grandchild. creepy enough. Well, we don't know that yet. We find out about that in Chapter 22. So this is the last book of uh, the first book of Dune here in the. When I say book, it's like. like Dave was saying, like, the book of the Bible, like Genesis, Exodus, like, there's books within the book, okay? So, yes. hard, hard to kind of explain, but... So, we start off that uh, Paul and Jessica are in a still tent, and um, they're kind of hiding away, and uh, the uh, ornithopter uh, following them had been piled by uh, Duncan Idaho, so Yui's plan uh, got them away. And uh, Jessica... Uh, <coughs> It talks to Paul about uh, why Yui betrayed them, and Paul is kind of uh, surprised that his mom has taken so long to figure all this out. Mom, why are you so fucking stupid? Mom, you're so stupid. You're so dumb, Mom. I figured this out yesterday. So Apparently, uh, um, not getting drugged awoken him. Or seeing his mom almost getting raped awoke on him. Something like something triggered him just recently, where he's like, because he wasn't quite awoken when they were tied up because his mom was saying he was pitchy. <laughs> so uh, uh, 
he uh, Paul's got this um, the ducal signet ring from his father and a note from Yui. And uh, Yui writes, "Do not try to forgive me. I do not want your forgiveness. I I'm already too good have for your forgiveness. Me. <laughs> I already have enough burdens. What I have done uh, was done without malice or hope of another understanding. Another's understanding. It is my own uh, ta tahadid al." Ella Burdan, my uh, my ultimate test. I give you the Atreides Ducal signet as a token that I write truly. By the time you read this, Duke Leto will be dead. Take consolation from my insurance that he did not die alone. Uh, that one we hate above all others died with him. So, and then it's written uh, signed Yui. And Paul reads this, reads that his father's probably dead, and he thinks to himself, "I love my father." I should mourn him, but I feel nothing. I, I, I should feel something, but he doesn't feel anything. And uh, he thinks about uh, uh, Gurney Halleck's words to Paul, mood's a thing for cattle or for lovemaking. You fight when it's necessary arises, no matter what your mood. So, And then Paul thinks to himself, maybe he'll mourn later for his father. Um, Once I have time to mourn. There is a time for mourn. And... Um, so uh, they use a small radio, and they hear Sardaukar uh, talking and uh, pretending to be our Atreides, and that, and that they're just basically trying to lure them out and stuff like that. And, uh, and Paul hears about um, – uh, hears the men are uh, taking over Carthage in the Guild Banks. And then Paul starts thinking, if the Space Guild is against House Atreides, then our people are stuck on Arrakis, where they'll be exterminated. So there's there, every, all the everything's against the Atreides now. We're screwed. So, We're screwed. Everyone hates us. Game over, man. Game over, man. Yeah. Um, so uh, from there, uh, they uh, they so they're sitting in the tent, and uh, that's where they start. Um, discussing uh, what their options are. And uh, so Jessica starts realizing that that Paul is sounding different now. He's not sounding like he sounded before. And um, His voice broke or something. He's getting deeper. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Mom! Time to get into the desert. Take um, off your clothes and put on the still suit. <laughs> Do it now. I'm exactly. Batman. I'm Batman. Batman Modib. Batman Modib. <laughs> uh, so he decides he's going to tell his mom that uh, that what his father told him before he died. And Paul said, uh, my father char- charged me once to give you a message if anything happened to him. He feared that he believed uh, – he feared you believed uh, – he feared you might believe he distrusted you. Um he wanted you to know that he never suspected you. He wanted you to know he always trusted you completely and always loved you and cherished you. Uh, he said he would sooner mistrust himself and, uh, and that he had about one regret, that he never made you his duchess. And that kind of made uh, his mom cry. So Jessica's kind of like feeling upset and she's uh, crying. And she thinks about the Orange is the New Black Bible. 
uh, quote where it says, "A time to keep, uh, a, a time to keep, and a time to cast away, a time for love, and a time uh, to hate, a time of war, and a time of peace." So, uh, so that's where she's at, and she's upset. But Paul, all of a sudden, goes on to this huge. Uh, I don't know what to call it. Quizza Hatterack Spice uh, Future Bender uh, Bender Mind Bending, uh, where he starts seeing he's seeing his mom upset, but then all of a sudden he just goes into like seeing. I don't know. It's like I think about like a video games where like different ways you can like directions you can go, and they kind of give you like suggestions of where you can go. Like he's seeing all these different like suggestions of which way he can go and what the outcome of all those uh, directions he could go. He's watching yeah. YouTube and seeing all the walkthroughs for how his life it could go. He's right. like, which one do I want to do? Yeah, it's pretty interesting actually. He he goes on he, yeah, it's it, it goes on it's it's a great passage it, and it goes on for a bit but it he's just all the stuff he sees he sees his own death in countless ways. He see new he sees new plant new planets, new cultures. Um, and he was even thinking that, uh, there was a, a thought that he could, uh, work for the spacing guild and they could use his ability to look into the futures to see another past and they would just have to feed him spice. But that's something he just didn't want to go for. So he thought that there's a way I could keep myself alive. I could just be sort of like a, uh, a tool that the, uh, spacing guild would use and they would definitely probably use him for that. Uh, that was not so, smart to get not to go with that choice. <laughs> and, you can be a worm uh, just like your grandfather. Yeah, that's right. I mean, your grandson or whatever. It grandson is. or son? I can't um, remember. Um, so he he starts going through and he's uh, he sees he sees uh, what he also yells, he also sees is that there's um, different uh, all these different paths. One uh, leads to a way where uh, he just kills the Baron. And uh, things kind of go back to normal. And then the other one is where he starts a great jihad across all the planets. And um, he was like, I do not want to do that. But something kind of pushes him towards that. Like, that's the, that's the way he has to go. I don't want to do that, but I'm totally going to do that. <laughs> so, um, it's like, the, I do, uh, but I don't. But I really do. <laughs> um, so... And so, anyway, so he has he has this just huge uh, like um, waking dream, basically what he says later on. But uh, so he sees all these different paths, and then he kind of wakes up and he realizes he's only it's only been like a moment uh, that all this has happened. And he starts thinking that he's a monster and he's a freak. And then he uh, starts screaming and pounding the floor of the tent, and his mom's like, "What's wrong with you?" He says, uh, he says, what did you do to me? Or uh, what have you done to me? And she's like, I gave birth to you. And, and then he goes into this whole thing uh, where he's like, you tried to, uh, you, you wanted a quiz a Hatterach. You wanted a male Bene Gesserit. And, um, and then she was like, whatever you are, Paul, whatever you are, Paul, the heredity is as much as, uh, as you as your father. And, uh, so, anyways, so and then he, he goes. He's, not he's like, I'm not your Quizahatterack. I am something different. Yeah, he says, but not, uh, uh, but not the training. He says, not the things, uh, uh, not the things that 
awaken the sleeper and she goes the sleeper it's here he puts his hand to his head into his breast it's uh, in me and it goes on and on and on and uh and then he starts uh um, he starts going on, you wanted to know about my dreams, and he starts telling you that I, I just had this waking dream. And he says, the spice, it's everywhere here, and it's all around us, and it's like a truceer drug, it's poison. And, she, and his mom kind of freaks out, and then he says, a poison so subtle and so insidious, so irreversible, uh, it won't even kill you unless you stop taking it. We can't leave Arrakis unless uh, we take part of Arrakis with us. So all of a sudden, uh, they, she realizes that he's right. He says, he says you and the spice, Paul, uh, said Paul, uh, the spice changes anyone who gets, uh, uh, gets this much of it. Uh, but thanks to you, I could uh, bring the change to the consciousness. Uh, I don't get to leave it, leave it in the conscious, uh, unconscious where, it dis, uh, where the disturbance can be uh, blanketed out. I can see it. So... Anyway, so he's realizing that the spice is like a crazy drug that it'll kill you unless you keep taking it. So, and they're trapped on Arrakis; they can't get out of it now. Now this is like this is because of their spice addiction. Now they have to stay there. That's a good place to be, right? You're where right. your drug is, and uh, home is where the drug is. So, and then we get into this part where you were alluding to before, and uh, you say, you know, his mom says, they're talking about how they can survive on Arrakis, and uh, we're going to get revenge on the Harkonnens. He's like, bitch, please, you're a Harkonnen. Should I kill you? He goes, Harkonnens, he sneers. Uh, He says, put those uh, those twisted humans out of your mind. He stared at his mother, staring the lines of her face in the light of of the glow tab. The lines betrayed her. He says, you shouldn't refer to people as humans without. He says, don't be so sure you know where to draw the line, he says. He says, we carry our past with us. And mother, mine, there's a thing you don't know and you should. We are Harkonnens. And so now she's like terrified of the thought and did she did not realize that the baron in one of his many pleasure things <laughs> he uh had a daughter which was jessica oops so yeah so she she realized uh and then he starts um and then uh he talks to uh they, they go into everything else about um how the Bene Gesserits didn't, they planned him to be the Quizahadric, but he's something else. He's like, I, I'm not the Quizahadric. I'm something else completely. So, um, and, uh, so she, but you know, she's pretty much sure that her son's a Quizahadric. Uh, and then Paul has a, a another waking dream. And like I said before, it's a, at this time it's the war uh, religion that spreads across the universe on the Atreides banner, uh, a jihad. And uh, Paul doesn't want to go that way. But And then uh, Jessica uh, says that we'll go to the Freeman and we'll give a sanctuary. And he says they'll. And says that's what we'll do. And uh, they'll call they'll call him Muad'Dib, the one that points the way. And after that. Paul starts to uh, cry for his father. I can mourn now. I've I lived can... so many lives in these past five seconds. 
And and yeah, and then we go into book two uh, for our next episode for uh, Muad'Dib. So uh, yeah, a lot happened. Uh, your thoughts on these two chapters, Dave? I loved it when he went into his like his time space continuum bender yeah. where he's just really like cool. he's seeing yeah. all the stuff you know peel open for him and that's why i was saying like way back uh maybe two episodes ago that i i feel like he had he had to at least plan out you know maybe the first two books or at least the first book from like the get-go because i mean like it almost seems like too crazy to pull this out of your ass at this point Oh, I'm you know, sure he was planning with, that far at some point. Yeah, with yeah. like all these like diverging pathways or or whatever, or or at least he's giving himself like you know uh, different options. ways to take it. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's giving himself choose a lot your of own your adventure. <laughs> yeah, he's setting up his own choose advent- choose your own adventure. I mean, like it, it was it's smart. I mean, maybe he didn't have it planned out because he was setting up this thing, but uh, it's it, it very interesting the, the way it was done, and and then the revelation that he's a Harkonnen basically. And it's yeah, just like, shocking. why didn't why like, why didn't you tell Duke Leto this, Mary? And then then they would be like, wouldn't they be protected through like the bloodline or whatever? Don't they have ancestry dot com out, out there? And no, no computers. Remember, we got rid of that. We just do drugs now. Yeah, that's right. Drugs. No computers, just drugs. How about uh, you? Yeah. Uh, first of all, Duke Leto killing all those guys, and we get to see the Baron. Uh, that's is a great scene, and you know Yui finally getting stabbed in the back. Um, so that was that's great to see. And then, Pro yeah, like you said, yeah, well, we knew it was coming sooner or later. Oh yeah. Uh, and then obviously Paul uh, coming to this point where the spice just kicks in now. Finally, maybe the stress of everything that just happened. Uh, he's no longer in the like gestation in the womb anymore. Now he's pushed out in the world. And he has to develop. And all of a sudden, you know, his Bene Gesserit training, his Mentat training, and his genetic line all uh, kind of like sync up to one with the spice. And he becomes, if he becomes a quiz of Hatterack or, like he says, something completely else. So, like, I mean, I haven't read the series. I, I don't know. Does, is, does a quiz of Hatterack, like, come to another come later since he says he's not the quiz of Hatterack, or he says he's not the quiz of Hatterack. he says he calls himself a, a seed um i don't know uh I, I i only got to the second book so i don't know if uh he's if there's uh, different versions of the quiz Hatterack after that but mm-hmm. i imagine there is because from other stuff i've read in the other books that are supposed to happen so mm-hmm. he might be the beginning of uh like a superhuman race Interesting. So, um, yeah, it's maybe cool Duncan stuff. Idaho's other clone is a, is a quiz of Hatter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's possible. Because like I don't um, know, I just watched this video on like the most powerful beings in Dune, and like one of the Duncan Idaho's is really up there. I'm like, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. So yeah, so that's uh, that's these two chapters. I um, I'm super excited. We are now going to book two, uh, Muad'Dib, and we'll get to see him with the Fremen. Uh, next chapter, he uh, they pal around with Duncan Idaho, and he gets them uh, set up with the uh, the Fremen. So it's going to be uh, interesting from there on. Yeah, these are really good couple of chapters. Like just uh, like Frank Herbert's style is undeniably interesting. Like just yeah. uh, how how he just does it, and it's just like you know this is like you know around the same time as Tolkien, and this is like way better in my opinion like it's way easier to like feel like make your way through this than 
the the Lord of the Rings books. I mean, I love the Lord of the Rings books, but it's wasn't Tolkien a little earlier? Wasn't he like in the forties? Because I I I thought he wrote that in the forties, fifties, and then between, I don't know between World War One and Two, I, I think. Oh, okay. So that would have been 30s? actually it would have been twenties and thirties. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. When was when did that come out? Oh, 1954. Oh, wow. not, the, that, not that far off from Frank Herbert, right? 60s, right, right, right. Well, The Hobbit uh, was uh, was published in 1937. Mm-hmm. So and then he must have went back and read the uh, wrote the other books. So yeah, uh, yeah. But still, that's not that far off. I mean, from like Frank Herbert was in the 60s, right? So I mean, that's yeah, not, that, that's not too far off. Yeah, he's right. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're only talking 30 years. It's not like a huge deal, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's one of those books that it just obviously it's a landmark book. After that, you know, who knows? Um, it's sci- science fiction was is such a especially back in that time is such a stiff writing. I mean, you read Asimov, characters are not like uh, an important thing for in Asimov stories. Yeah, they're kind of secondary. It's more the idea and the plot. Mm-hmm. Um, Arthur C. Clarke, he's got some great ideas, but characters are a little more developed than uh than asimov but i mean hell hg wells even like oh hg wells was just yeah the characters were two-dimensional at best characters were not very good i mean i mean there was like interesting concepts but just like that was like very stiff um maybe maybe it's because he's marrying the idea of a sci-fi world but uh, in a fantasy setting, almost because you have you know dukes and emperors, but yeah. you're out in space, you know. Yeah, it is sort of like the fantasy mix of the science fiction a little yeah. bit. Yeah, it's a good, yeah. good, good way to think of it. And it's so far off in the future, you're like, well, it's almost fantasy because it, everything is so magical, you know, you know, with the spice and everything else. You know, it's like it's so it's so different. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 great. It's great ideas. Like I, like I said, I I just I really wish I would have gotten to this sooner. Uh, you know, I'm in my 30s, and I'm just like, man, I really, really should have gotten to this a long time ago. Well, it's a uh, it's a fun book, and better uh, than ever, I guess. Yeah, it's glad you're glad you're on the ride with us here. This is going to be a lot of fun, and I can't wait to get to the end of this. And you know, we'll feel like, ah, oh, that's so cool. You know, it's like we got we got to understand everything about Dune, and, and like not just read it, but deconstruct it oh yeah absolutely it's a it's, it's very very interesting and i'm i'm so pumped for getting more into it and the the one good thing that uh covid is it's pushing dune the the new dune movie back so maybe we'll yeah. be closer toward the end of yeah right uh, of the book or maybe even start the second one by the time unfortunately the dave out. by the time we record this and i think tomorrow it's supposedly the dune trailer supposed to come out tomorrow so we're gonna we're gonna miss uh, it by today <laughs> That's, so, that's how it goes. That's how it goes, folks. So, so anyway, hopefully next time we record, we can talk about the Dune trailer. Woo. We will we will post it on our Facebook page when we see it, and we'll talk all about it uh, when it comes out. So, oh, uh, yeah, for- it's so pumped for the Dune trailer! I, I can't wait to see what this is going to look like in motion because we've we've seen stills, but yeah. no. No trailers. No, no, no moving picture. Not even a teaser for Dune. Like not I even know. like a sandworm or worm sign or something. Because I mean, they could do something really cheesy as a te- as a teaser. Just like they could they could literally show worm sign and like throw up cast names, and then like that's all they did. 
I mean, you remember the teaser for Solaris? It was just like the space station really far away, and it said George Clooney Solaris, and like that yeah. teaser trailer. It was that was one of my most hated teasers. Like this told me nothing. This trailer was a waste of two well, seconds. You you know there's there's a space station in George Clooney. But the thing <laughs> is, like it's so bad, it stuck with me for a really long time because like like that's too much of a teaser because it, it's not even a teaser. There's nothing there. You're, you're letting me know this know. is a movie coming out called Solaris with George Clooney in it. And I'm like, but that 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 trailer, that teaser, stuck with me because it was it, it was so memorable for for being so worthless. That's hilarious. Well, guys, uh, we'll get into the trailer hopefully next week, and we'll uh, we'll be into book two of Muad'Dib and uh, follow the journey of Paul and his mom and how they're going to survive and hopefully uh, get the revenge on the Harkonnens and what they've done to their. Their father, his father, his um, Jessica's husband, and every everyone else they lost. So, poor Doctor Yui, the dentist. And the dentist. most of all, we need vengeance on Shattered Mapes. Shattered Mapes. Shattered Mapes. Die. The space must fly. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, if you uh, could, please uh, go to our uh, at Apple Podcasts and rate and review us there. That would be wonderful. Uh, if you want to contact us, you can email us at uh, at yahoo.com. You can hit us up also in our Facebook group, uh, Facebook forward slash groups forward slash Synthaholics. Uh, you can uh, hit us up on Twitter at Synthaholics Duo. And if you feel like you want to contribute to the show, please go to our Patreon, Patreon forward slash Synthaholics. Greatly appreciate any monetary aid you can give us. And uh, obviously, word of mouth. Just tell them, hey, these guys are talking about Dune. And they're a bunch of uh, goofballs talking about Dune. So what's not to like? Yeah, we're, and, and crew, crew goofballs, too. So sometimes it's kind of fun. Sometimes. Anyways, uh, Dave, until next week, the spice must flow, or Shadow Mapes, take it away. Shadow Mapes, the spice must flow. Drinking free.